Welcome to You Are The Magic. I'm Alexis Jane, founder and CEO. I help my clients build bulletproof confidence to build the life of their dreams by creating boss babe mindset and strategies that actually work. I believe you are the creator of your own destiny with courage, determination, and deep desire to change your world. Anything is possible. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to You Are The Magic. Today, I have the beautiful Cara from The Conquest of Bliss, and we were just riffing before we jumped on and I can't wait to jump into her story because it's really inspirational and I think that it's really motivating to share all of the goodness that you have. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you today. So as everybody knows who's been listening to my show, what was your magical story and what motivated you to create the business that you have now in the podcast? So it's it's a bit of a long story, but I'll I'll try to be succinct. Um, so I'll, like it really started back in 2014. I got sick, and I got sick with sarcoidosis and fibromyalgia, which are both chronic pain illnesses, and they took me out of the workforce, which was, as I'm sure you can imagine, quite distressing and stressful and uh, scary. And so this happened and and I was dealing with a lot of depression issues and, and feelings of hopelessness. And like I said, a lot of fear around what my life looked like if I didn't have that identity in being someone who worked really hard and, you know, built a, built, or I guess climbed my way up. And so in time, I started to get a little bit more confidence because people started reaching out to me for art commissions of all things. And when that happened, I had this epiphany and that epiphany was, was fairly simple. It was, what is there to lose? What is there to lose if I put this time that I've been spending, you know, sulking and feeling sorry for myself? What if I spent that time trying to build something for myself? So Artstrom was born, which is kind of the, the home of the conquest of bliss, which is my most recent project. And, and Artstrom, <clears throat> I built a website and I started doing designing for people. Businesses would come and get commissions for logos. People would come and get commissions for illustrations. And that really started to build my confidence. And as my confidence built, I started to build more of a network. And people started reaching out to me for advice on happiness. And I found that really interesting because historically, I, I wouldn't have considered myself to be a happy person. But I invested a lot of my energy, you know, through this depression in trying to find happiness and more and more people would come out and ask me, you know, Kara, what do I do? You know, people would ask me about relationship advice, even though at the time I was chronically single. It was, it was a really, really strange phenomenon. And, uh, and so one day I, I said to my Facebook, I said, what should I do? A blog, a blog or a podcast? And it was overwhelmingly that I should do a podcast. So I just started a podcast and at first it was a little hectic and I didn't know what I was doing. But again, that, that question of why not, what is there to lose came into my head and I started doing the podcast and it started to grow and it's, you know, it's now a business in its own right, um, sort of coupled under Artstrom and, and uh, I 
produce weekly episodes. And so that's the the crux of my story. And I'm very willing to go into more details on whichever part you're interested in. Excellent. I love that. And I know when I first started my podcast, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I had back-to-back <laughs> people booked in to want to jump on my podcast and be interviewed. And it's kind of you just jump and allow yourself to float or fall down however <laughs> we land. Um, and I love how now that you've created a business. with. So both of the diseases that you have, are they both autoimmune diseases? So it's both of them are kind of, it's sort of on the fence. So my blood work shows um, anti-nuclear antibodies, which means, because I know that that's a big, a big word, um, anti-nuclear antibodies just means antibodies that were created specifically for attacking like your, your own body. So in that sense, there's indication that there's autoimmune activity going on, but neither the last time I talked to a doctor were officially classified in the same way that like RA and lupus are. Um <clears throat> So yeah, and like sarcoidosis is a bit of a strange disease. Most people have only ever heard of it on house. Yeah, I don't know that I've actually ever heard of it. And <laughs> so with having these challenge, these health challenges and the depression, when you said that you went in to study happiness and were interested in or invested your time into becoming happy, what and how did you pull yourself out of the depression and moving through all of that? Because I find that is a really powerful story because I was stuck in depression. I was quite deep in it a few years ago and I couldn't leave the house. I was curled up in a ball. I still was working. I still had clients. I don't know how I was still manifesting clients while I was deep in my darkness, but <laughs> I'd get up, I'd do my phone calls, and then I'd get back into my sleepy little moments um so how did what were the what were the things that you did to help you every day move through that well I mean I would definitely say that like you you nailed a big part of it for me was to just keep going I remember my mom got me a bracelet and it said keep going and and I would look at it when things were hard is like you know maybe I'll deal with this after and so that that piece helped because things didn't crumble around me as a result of these feelings but the biggest thing that I found was just taking that that pent up energy and investing it into things that little things that would make me feel better long term so that made a really really big difference for me like cultivating healthy relationships helping other people made a big difference in in and in, in any way too you know if it was somebody needed a something from the grocery store but they were at work i could run to the grocery store for them doing things that created a sense of purpose and that I was a part of the community around me made a huge difference in getting out of that depression. And the other thing, as interesting as it sounds, was studying how the brain works. And when I say studying, I mean talking to people, reading you know, um, articles, but also like um, like uh, those official articles that are like super hard to read and very jargony, um, and, and, and understanding how, you know, chemicals in the brain play into things, understanding how our thoughts play into things. Meditation made a big difference as well. And sort of finding ways to zoom out so I could still allow myself to feel the feelings I was feeling, but understand that that wasn't my identity. And that really, really helped me to get out of the depression and move forward. Identity is such a big thing. And... It's something that I'm really working on at the moment with my clients. I've got a mastermind that I'm running at the moment and this month is all around identity and 
it's interesting going from so one of my clients corporate then she became a mum she didn't know who she was as a mum because she only attached herself to being a very successful corporate woman and now she's a stay-at-home mum who who is she now and creating that identity and when you said you zoomed out what I visualised and what I saw was you kind of stepping back and seeing and observing what was happening opposed to being actually in it. Yes, that's exactly what I mean, is is stepping outside of the feelings in the moment, understanding that feelings are essentially just chemicals, um, you know, uh, floating around and, and they're relevant chemicals, but they're chemicals nonetheless. And and allowing myself to sort of observe the experience, just like you said, and try to learn from it. Like one of the things that was really helpful in learning to zoom out was doing small things to cultivate curiosity. So like, for example, anxiety, you know, what's, what's really interesting is if you get anxiety, which I do and many people do, um, is, is to go, oh, what does that actually feel like? And start to think about how that feels in my chest or things like that. And that sort of separates myself from the experience. And that goes a really long way. And you can do that with, with depression and stuff too. Like, oh, it feels really interesting when my eyes start welling up, they start burning. Like, I wonder why that is. And then I start thinking about it in a less emotional way, which allows me to detach enough to strategize. I love the word interesting. And it is interesting to step back and have a look. And last year I did some relationship coaching and she introduced me to a word called emotional flooding, which I had never heard of before and I didn't understand it. And when I'd get into an argument with my partner, I'd absolutely lose my bananas because I was so focused on the one thing that I had, I I couldn't remove myself. I was so in it. It was so, it felt so real. And then as soon as she said, you get this thing because of all the trauma that I've had in my past, that it was emotional flooding. I was like, so now I can feel those emotions coming up. I now have processes that I take myself through to stop that emotional flooding and so that I can actually see it from a different view. And I think it's just, it is really interesting to, to be the observer, to watch what's mm-hmm. going on, to understand that. And I love how you said, oh, my eyes are stinging, my eyes are welling up. What's going on? Like what is it that I need to do now to help myself either sit in this and feel it and allow it to just pass or what are the, what are the processes to take myself through that I know that are going to help me support you and keep you safe in that moment, which I really love. It's the acknowledgement of feeling the body, the acknowledgement of knowing that, and I love that you said that the emotions are chemicals and it's a chemical reaction that's happening in the body and it's how we decide to label them as well. Mm-hmm. Which is which is so interesting because that also sort of plays into the identity thing um, with with labeling. You know, we have a lot of these labels that we put on ourselves, or we put on our emotions, or we put on situations. And it's amazing how much freedom we have if we can hold those labels loosely instead of tightly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I'm- laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. That's perfect because it's. I think that we can get so tight, but then as soon as we just release it just a little bit, it just, and then a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and then a little bit more. And it's that expansion 
of going, okay, I'm okay, I'm safe. Because sometimes I know that I've done this myself where I don't actually feel safe in my being, but I'm actually safe. But my emotions and my feelings are making me feel disconnected and not safe Mm. being in my being until I really just do that and I've got processes that I take myself through, whether it's taking myself to bed, going for a walk, having a phone call with somebody or just sitting and, and just noticing and witnessing what's going on in my being. Yeah, I, I actually use all of those techniques as well. And in addition to that, another technique that has taken me hugely is that emotional flooding like you're talking about when that first comes around. And if you if you don't catch it ahead of time, what you can do is something called grounding techniques. And they allow you to pull yourself into your senses or into something else so that your body can go through the process and, and have its chemicals, but you're not going to burn your life to the ground in the meantime. And so these, <laughs> these techniques really made a big difference in getting me, getting me out of that depression and starting to build a life that not only brings me a sense of, you know, stability and all of those things, but also brings me a sense of purpose and a connectedness to my local community, the global community. And, and every day I think, wow, I can't believe that this is my life. Love that. And as you were saying that, what is, so going from corporate to now having your own business and having that stuff that's happened in between, what are the things that you now, like how does life look now being out of the corporate world? Well, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting shift, especially being sick, because, you know, the, the narrative in the corporate world is very much value and productivity are exactly equal. And there's not a lot of time for rest. There's not time for recovery, healing, relationship building, unless it's strategic relationship building, or at least my experience with the corporate world. These were the priorities that were placed on myself and my peers. And now when I wake up and it's like, okay, I'm going to start my day. And I, and I've got, I've got sort of a loose structure that I have to start my day by, but if my health tanks, I have opportunity to be flexible. If, you know, if it's a day where I just can't seem to get my head in the game, I can do small tasks that build up to the more important tasks. And so moving out of that has given me the flexibility to have a life that actually not only works with my illness, but makes me a lot happier than corporate did because it wasn't about prioritizing profit over humans and community and stuff. I love that. And what I really just took away from that is doing the small tasks that lead up to the big tasks. And you get the energy once you start doing something. And so what would be a small task that you would start to do that's going to lead to a bigger task for you? And do the the smaller tasks start to energize you? So absolutely, especially because a lot of my smaller tasks, because of the nature of both, both the art and the podcasting, is relationship building and genuine like reputation building, relationship building, that kind of stuff. So a lot of the times the smaller task is going into groups of like-minded people and just seeing if there are people who I think that could be beneficial to me and vice versa, you know, see if there's a, if there are people that are have shared value. And, and that energizes me a lot because I remember the, the potential 
that that we have, you know, in this world even to build each other up. And I remember that there's so many win-win situations that are available, even though, I mean, for a lot of my life, I only saw the win-lose situations most of the time. So these that that's just one task or scheduling people, or sometimes it's even things like making Excel spreadsheets, tracking things. And, and you're right, it, it builds up a momentum where you start to feel like so powerful. You, <laughs> you're like, I'm doing this. I'm on top of the world. I can, you know, I can do anything is, is a feeling that I have a lot, which, you know, it's, it's a weird feeling. And, and it really does start a lot of the times with those, those little tasks and those little tasks sort of prop up all of the big things, the things that people see. Love that. Love that because I think that that's what we miss sometimes is we think that we need to be doing the big, big, big stuff when when we pull it back, once we start doing the small things, it really does, like you said, grab, um, creates that momentum to be able to do the bigger things and really building relationships with people and that that shift of focus from the win-lose to the win-win. And I, I read something the other day and I can't remember who said it. And it really hit me. And I said, if you continue to focus on winning every day or being better than what who you were yesterday, you can never lose. I was <laughs> like, I had to read that a few times. If you continue being better than who you were yesterday, you can never lose. I was like, oh my God. That is powerful. And it's it's especially true when you consider that. Um, you know, kind of back to the whole corporate world versus the the freeing world of of doing your your own thing is that there's often a very narrow focus. This is your job in the corporate world. You you deal with finances or you deal with this or you deal with that. And it's a very narrow focus. And so it can feel like if I'm not improving in this one narrow thing, then I'm not improving at all. But life isn't like that. We have myriad tasks and myriad skills that we're applying to things all the time. And when you're doing your own work, something like improving yourself every day, well, maybe you can't improve at organization every day, day over day. But if you improve at organization one day and then the next day you improve at reaching out to people or the next day you improve at helping people to get what, what they're trying to get out of, out of a negotiation or whatever it is, then, then you're constantly winning because your focus is much wider. You're, you're looking at yourself as a more holistic being than this one small role that you're playing in corporate. Love that. Love that. So where do you hang out most? What have you got going on? How do people find you? All of the things. So I can be found on the Conquest of Bliss. Um, that's the conquestofbliss.com if people are interested. I spend most of my time on Facebook, um, which is the Conquest of Bliss. And my handle is the conquest of bliss pretty much everywhere. But if you want to connect with me, I'm 31, probably Facebook's the best place. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's the best way to reach me or my website. I have a blog where I sort of record parts of the journey and stuff as well. So good. So delicious. And what, what are the things that motivate you? Like, do you have someone that you turn to? Is there a book that you read? Is there a, um, YouTube thing that you like to watch to either get yourself motivated or that you love to learn more about? 
Um, as far as things that motivate me, it's funny. There's this one book that I've read like three times. It's by Jen Sincero. It's called You Were a Badass. I'm sorry if the name has a password. And I find that I read that book over and over again. I love her realness. She talks about, like, she talks like you're, she's a real person. And I, I love that. Um, and I also call my mom a lot. I, uh, <laughs> I, I go to her and I say, mom, I don't think I can do this. And she's like, yes, you can Kara. I've seen you do so many things. And I'm like, okay. And then, <laughs> and then I get back to work. <laughs> oh, that's really cute. I love that. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's, um, it's funny because I've got a 10 year old and I'm teaching her all the things. Like, she's like, I can't do this. I'm like, yes, you can, sweetheart. Remember what we said? You visualize it and then you move towards where you're going. And years ago, when she was really little, we used to watch Barbie movies. Oh my God, yeah. I love Barbie movies. And there was, it was Barbie and the Spy, I think. I can't remember. Anyway, it was, she was trying to do something and she kept failing. And then she said, to, she um, had a mantra that said, see it, then be it. And oh, so she that. visualized it. Yeah. And then she did it. And so ever since Zoe's been little, that's what she was, where were we were at inflatable work where she was jumping all these things and she kept falling off. And I, I just looked at her and I said, remember what Barbie said, see it, then be it. And then she nailed it. Oh, and that's fantastic. <laughs> so cute. And it's something that's really stuck with me ever since. And I haven't really thought about it for a long time, actually, until you said <laughs> that your mum tells you you've got this, you can do it, you can keep going. And it's always nice. I've got that one girlfriend who I message, I'm going through some stuff at the moment and I messaged her last night and she's like, you know that I'm always here. I'm like, I know, I just can't talk to you tonight. I just need to be in my own little bubble. She's like, okay, we'll chat tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, we'll chat tomorrow. But it's having those people in your world that you know that you can turn to that are always going to back you and support you when we may be feeling a little bit low and down. Yeah. And I mean, I should say that my partner is also very helpful. I just call my mom more for emotional stuff than <laughs> He's like very supportive in a pragmatic way. Uh, yeah, so. but there's always, there's those different people at the different levels that support mm-hmm. you in those different ways. And it's nice to have the variety of people around to be able to support you. Absolutely. Like I've been so blessed. Um, one of the things that I found that was really interesting just quickly is that having people around figuring out how to accept help, even though my pride is, you know, struggles with it. Um, and, and having those people around has really made a night and day difference for me. I've, uh, yeah. And, and what's so interesting is that I spent a lot of my time thinking that like, I didn't deserve help or I didn't not, I never really thought I didn't need help. I just thought I shouldn't ask. And, now that things, you know, have really been going and, and things have started to get more and more successful, I'm seeing that there's all these people who've been supporting me silently for a really long time and I just never knew. That's powerful. And asking for help because I f- sometimes I feel like we get told that we shouldn't ask for help or we should be able to do it by ourselves and all of the things and that's really powerful. Accepting help when someone <laughs> wants to give you help. Yeah, it's... It's tough, but worthwhile. And, and one thing that I just quickly, one thing that really helped me with that was remembering that when I help people, it feels really good for me. 
So sometimes the biggest gift you can give someone is to accept help or accept gifts. You know, sometimes receiving is a bigger gift than than giving. Yes. Oh, I've never looked at it like that. I just got goosebumps. I like that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And I could sit here and talk to you for hours all about everything because I just love it. Um, so thank you again for being on the show and speaking all things about how you move through depression and your diseases and all of the things. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. This has been fantastic. Bye. Bye. We have come to the end of another epic interview. If you would like to see more of what I am up to, head over to my Facebook page, Instagram, LinkedIn, and let's connect. Because I love gifting people who are dedicated to their transformation, when you like and tag me in an episode at the end of every week, I choose one lucky listener to have a free session with myself or one of my guests. Thank you again for tuning in. I am Alexis Jane. Remember, you are the magic. Thank you.